0: Derek Moneyberg here. You're about to download some key money-making philosophies in your head with this next lesson. And once you do, go to moneyberg.com and let's accelerate your success even faster. You know, not everybody supposed to be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a special type of mental illness, a real entrepreneur, where you just want to work every day. I like to work every day. I don't take a day off. I don't say that as a joke. I don't say it to sound cool. Um, no, it's, I, I just like to work every day because it doesn't feel like work to me. I really enjoy what I do, so it doesn't feel like work to me. So, you know, that's, uh, that's a different type of thing. But when, when you have that, that sort of motivation inside or that sort of thought inside where it's not painful to get up and just be productive from the time you woke up till the time to go to, you go to sleep, it's really hard to compete with somebody like that. It's really hard to compete with somebody like that. Nobody wants to compete with me in a space that I'm in. Something that I, that I care deeply about and I'm doing every day like that, like, you don't want to do that. Pick something, you know, find, find one or two things to concentrate on and do that shit, guys. You're not gonna be great at everything. Find the one or two things that you can be great at that you can have the sort of competitive advantage that he and I were just talking about. And if you're not excited to go do that shit every day, you're not going to, you're not gonna be much good at it. You might be a bullshit marketer or you know con man, scam artist, but you're not gonna be much good at at actually doing the thing. And that can only last so long. That can only last so long. You know, the, 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 the problem is, is human subjectivity is, you know, all of us, uh, you know, every, everybody in this room and, you know, every bum living on a sidewalk here in the San Francisco area, they all got the same goals, you know? The people at Stanford, the people on the sidewalk, us. And, you know, it's a matter of, you know, the, what, what, he's, what this fellow in the front row is saying It's like, well, how do I find the efficiencies to, to optimize that? What does the optimization function look like? How would I spend my time in a more optimal way to to get the basket of goods that he would prefer, you know? And it's gonna be slightly subjective. It's gonna be slightly different for all of us, man. So, you know. In 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 nerd econ talk, they they'd say that your your point on your you know your optimal point on your subjective marginal utility curve would be different for everybody here. All that means is a, you know this is a fancy nerd talk for you know subjective marginal utility curve. It just means you know your your trade off of you know apples versus oranges versus uh, time working on your business etc. You know the the myriad of things that you might have some concern for in the world. So. You know, where, does, where do you start depends on you. Depends on who you are and what your goals are. You know, um, things, things that I wanted to resolve early is, like well, while you're young, you go to college. I spent nine years in universities. I'm a high school dropout. I grew up with you know, all, all, all sorts of buffoons and idiots and I mean, really some awful people. And uh, I wanted to be far away from that. I wanted to be far, far away from that. So, you know, I made sure I got my ass in college. Um, I had to take a GED test and then go to a community college for the first couple years. Then I got scholarship money to go to a good private college, um, 50% scholarship, and they gave me that scholarship for four years even though only I needed two years of classes. And I'm a nerd and half a Jew. I know you are Jewish also. Um, you're not? Well, I decided that you are. Now you're Jewish. <laughs> you didn't know. No, now you are. Now you're, huh? it's, it's, everybody came here for an awakening and you just had <laughs> yours. <laughs> So yeah, I you know, I, I, uh, I, went all four, I took advantage of all four years of that. So I had uh, you know, six years to, to finish undergrad. I had 192 or 193 credit hours I forget uh, it was one or the other. And uh, you need like 124 or something to graduate. but you know, I had um, was two classes away from a second bachelor's and a philosophy degree. I had a minor in philosophy, minor in psychology, two classes away from a minor in communications, and, and a bunch of other little miscellaneous classes. So I actually wanted to go there to learn stuff more than I cared about a degree. I cared about education, because you know smart people get shit done that dumb people can't do. So, you know, then I, then I went and, and I did all of that. You know, highest honors, highest honors, highest honors, because I wanted to go to a premier graduate school later in business, and that's what you do. So, you know, it was. I didn't have anxiety that some people have filling out graduate applications because I had a far above average GPA, even for the top business schools, for the best ones in the world. I had a far above average GPA. Um, you know, I had to study and get my uh, graduate exam, my GMAT, Graduate Management Admissions Test. I had to get that score nailed down. Took a couple months to do that. Hired a bunch of tutors. You can't you can't spend months of your life on it. Could I figure it out? Could I get the book and figure it out by myself in six months? Yeah, I could. You know, or I could figure out in you know six or eight weeks instead. And I, I took every, every prep class, I took every major prep class, I took four prep classes, and then hired private tutors to help me with that too. So I could do it in two months instead of six months. And I did. Um, so you know, I had, uh, I had an average GMAT score. I didn't need to have better than that. Once I started getting the average score consistently, when I was a couple points above average, a couple points above average consistently on the practice exams, I'm like, all right, I got an above average GPA. Uh, if I hit the average score, no problem. Easy admit, you know? So I did that. And, you know, then other areas away from the school stuff. So, you know, there's nine years of university courses there. Other stuff away from the schools, well, I wanted financial independence. I grew up poor. I hated it. I hated it. And, you know, it's American poverty. So, you know, for people that are from a different country here or people listening from a different country, I get that is American poverty. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like the two or three percentile of America. And it, I, I, I hated it. I hated every day of it. How many of you guys grew up poor or had some t- some period in your life where you you know went to bed hungry or feel like shit about not having enough money? Yeah, But w- that don't feel great, yeah. So fuck that. Um, so I, yeah, I wanted to work on business stuff. So th- those are my two primary concerns for a period of time. I've seen uh, John Conway talk about this. He's just like you know yeah you know pursue your dream, and uh, if that doesn't work, I'll get another dream. You know, you know that's you know, the guy that's managing. I, I don't know the number, but more than 100 billion dollars today. You know, something closer to 200 billion than 100 billion, I suspect. And um, I, you know, there, there, there's a lot of overlap between you know a man's uh, you know willingness or skillfulness at engaging in violence, you know, and your and your financial life. There's a whole lot of overlap in those. You know, you know, you're you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to be humiliated. It's going to be bad. You're going to feel like shit. And you're going to you're going to wake up tomorrow, and you're going to go do it again. And a guy who is not willing to have you know there there are no successful entrepreneurs. There's two type of entrepreneurs. There's entrepreneurs that you know they have had fin- fantastic success, but well, maybe not even. Let me let me let me rewind that. There's entrepreneurs that uh, have had some success. They've but but it comes with you know you know humiliation, like you know like like soul crushing failure, you know self doubt. You feel awful. You feel like an idiot. You know the rest of the world looks at you like an idiot or anybody that cares about you. Your family doubts you. Your friends doubt you. You've, you've burned those relationships with several of those people. You've had to let go of family and friends. They had to be left behind to go do what you are doing. And you failed at it, and you look stupid, and you feel stupid, and the world is happy to point that out to you. Okay. Now, there's the other group of people who haven't had that experience yet, but they're about to. And, you know, the, the worst thing that could happen is you could get pretty successful at something, and time goes by, and you prolong the, the period of success before that happens, and you lose everything, and you look like an idiot and feel like an idiot, and the world gets to laugh at you. All right, so if you don't like the sound of that, if that bothers you, you know, go get a nice job somewhere. Go get a nice job somewhere, because that's what it is. There's a couple guys I know, uh, you know, each one of them is a multi-billionaire today, and um, you know, they say, if, you're, if your project isn't big enough, um, you know, if, if it's not a billion-dollar project, don't start. Now, you know, maybe I got low self-esteem. I still think in terms of tens of millions and hundreds of millions. Uh, these guys, they don't want to be involved in a project that's, that doesn't have a billion-dollar potential. And, and they mean that literally. They're not saying that as like some aspirational things. like Well, they already did that, each of them, independently. You know, and they, they, that's just a common theme when I talk to either one of them or both of them. We've been together at times, too. Common theme like if it's not worth a billion dollars don't start because there's such a risk of failure that you know You're you, you you want to tackle a series of those projects a series of those things because so most of them are gonna be shit most of them you're gonna fail at and they also say you'd rather you know You'd like to fail fast and often you have to prove yourself wrong in 30 days than 90 days and then get on to the next project And fuck that up in 30 days instead of 90 days and get on to the next project So you know if, if, if that's if that's scary don't do it if you feel like, well, that sucks, but, but I see that. I could do that. Well, maybe you should do something. You know, maybe you got a path there. But it's gonna, you know, any of those things, you know, if you wanna be good at any of those things, you're gonna get choked, you're gonna be embarrassed, it's gonna look bad, it's gonna feel like shit. And then maybe you might be very successful on the other end. And most guys won't be, most guys won't be. That's why people have jobs. It's not, you know, entrepreneurship is a word that people like to say. You know, I quit my last job when I was 19, I'm 41. Excuse me, I'm 40, 21 years. You know, um, I, I understood I was an entrepreneur at age seven. I was you know, walking the walking dogs in the neighborhood, cutting the grass, um, raking leaves, trimming bushes, washing cars, cleaning cars, any little odds or ends types of shoveling snow. I was seven, and I was looking for opportunities like that. By the time I was 10, uh, I had four paper routes. I didn't have one. I had four paper routes. I did exactly zero of them. I outsourced them. You know, I'd keep 25% of the money. The other kids in the neighborhood get 75% of the money to do the thing. I trained them how to do it and just rotate through people so it always got done on time. Yeah, and, and the people were really happy with me because their paper always got delivered because I had several people that wanted to do it versus some other paper boy gets sick. Oh, he gets sick. And then shit don't happen. Well, I didn't have those problems. I, things got done. So, you know, I knew that for you know, a third of a century. For 33 years, I knew that I was supposed to go do things like that. It doesn't feel like work to me. I don't know what else I would do. I have that same affliction that you know. You said if you had all the money that you ever wanted, you would go start to do business. Same. I just feel compelled to you know. I want to help other people with their problems and be involved in other entrepreneurial problems. I just love it. It's a fun lifestyle to me. I don't know what else I'd rather do. What else would I do? Travel around the world. I already do that. So you know, it just it's it's, it's amazing where. The reason I'm saying this, it's amazing where some other people focus their attention where, you know, when, when, they, they, when they feel like, when they see somebody or they, they, they hear something, they're like, you know, oh, I should be more like that too. And then instead of actually doing the thing, they just have a, a bit of cognitive dissonance. They don't see themselves doing it. They, they don't see that as a putu- potential future self. Where your attention goes or the things you focus on is really gonna determine your outcomes a lot. And I was just smart enough and, and just lucky enough to get to know that, you know, oh, I, w- I was surrounded by a lot of negative role models. So the more that I could surround myself with more positive role models, and the more that I could, you know, earn their attention, you know, through hard work, or a lot of times just paying them and becoming friends later, and then uh, some of them paying them and I, and I got that only. That's fine. What, what is graduate school or something? That's what you're doing, you know? When I, you know, my graduate school classes were over $7,000 per class. And you know you you have t- you meet ten times, and you know, that was money well spent. I thought I had a fantastic return on that, you know. And, and you're doing that in a room of sixty-five people in a classroom, so, you know, to do that, you know, in more intimate situations, putting myself around, you know, uh, people that were thinking more clearly, that had, you know, healthier habits, habits of productivity, habits of industriousness, you know, um, avoiding other people, you know, it, it is creating an us and them. It is a us and them for sure. If you don't have that in your head, that you have this naive idea of equality, you know, a dog knows the difference between different gradients of people. A dog knows that some people is like, oh, that, you know, that guy is good, and I should stay away from that other one over there. You've all seen that, right? Would you disagree that a dog knows the difference of like a a person that's like, you know, industrious and happy and has good intentions versus a person who is something's wrong with that one? You know, a chi- a 6 year old child knows clearly that you know like you know oh some of these people better to stay away from go around these people stay away from that and then somehow as an adult you guys are supposed to like you know you know, create create some you know new new blind spot or naivety Ma- you know manufacture a blind spot and shame yourself or feel guilty if you don't notice that there's some people are engaging in habits of uh, of productivity and industriousness and they're going to go be somebody and some people are doing just shit, and it's gonna get worse. And you know, you have to, there has to be that in-group and out-group. You have to see that for yourselves, and you know, and you're gonna define it yourself. You know, it's not for me to define who are the people that you wanna be around or not. It depends on who you are and what your goals are. I never tell you guys how to live your life. I'm just, I give you some structure and how you could think about it to live your best life. I don't come here and moralize what you should do, but the path to the money is that, is you know, having that internal drive, being you know very motivated industrious smart enough to not take on too many projects at the same time go do one or two things at a very high level and it'd be easier to add the third thing you know maintain those first two and bring the third thing in and get it up there and then you know maintain those at 85 or 90 percent of where your maximum peak and go bring the next thing in and get it up there and you know you, you do that for a couple decades and pretty soon you got a lot of skills don't you Pretty soon, you got a pretty dope social network. Pretty soon, there there is a lot of you know intellectual and social resourcefulness. I I would argue. You know the main things that are going to differentiate you, to to, to men, to women, to anybody who's assessing you. The main things that are going to differentiate one of you from the other, or us from those people outside who didn't care to be here right now. Um, I'd say there's two main categories. I'd, I'd say there's. Intellectual and social resourcefulness. And, I, and, and let me say inside that, why don't I say financial resourcefulness? Well, if your brain was working well and you had high quality people around you, would it be difficult to get money? So I, w- I would argue that that's a subset of those other two. That if, you had, you know, if your brain was working well and, and you had a high quality social network, I think money is something that would happen. So I'd say intellectual and social resourcefulness on one hand. I'd say the one other big, big one that, that fits in that, that really solidifies both of those things: intellectual and social resourcefulness. Again, plus, it's the firmness of personality, the firmness of you know, very, very clear values and goals. This is who I am. This is what I'm up to. I'm, I am this and this and this. I am not that. And have a great clarity inside. Those aren't noble questions that we're talking about of, you know, what kind of man are these are, these are not noble questions that you say, oh, I'm caring and loving and I, I love kittens and my mommy. These are not noble questions. You know, what sort of mammal are you? What sort of creature are you? What sort of biological organism are you? What are, what are your, you know, natural drives or proclivities given the sort of biological organism that you happen to be? These are not noble or ethical things we're talking about. So it's... Really quite the opposite. What are your base instincts and drives? So what kind of creature am I? Given that, what sort of life would I like to live? Given that that seems to be my nature as is a, is a biological organism, what sort of life would I like to live? You know, you know what would give you the most happiness? That's another way to say that, that second question. What would give you the most happiness, you know, given your human nature, given the sort of creature that you as an individual are, what are the things that would give you the greatest lifetime happiness? And I would focus on that lifetime happiness, you might not care about your future self at the moment, but your future self will thank you if you do. Your future self will thank you for carrying more now so you can have a better future later. Nobody does that. Not a popular thing to talk about, not a sexy thing to talk about. Maybe the number one thing that people should think about more. You know, if you did those couple things and you had that firmness, you know, who, who is the in-group and who are the, the out-group? Who are the people that I need to be spending more time with, given the sort of creature I am, given the sort of things that would give me the maximum happiness over the course of my lifetime, who are the people that I need to be spending more time with? Who, who are the people that would add a lot of value to my life? Who would give great benefit to my life? Who are those other people that probably would just take away and do not much or make it much worse, and spend no time with them? And then that time management within those those frameworks, managing that time. That's what it is, man. So you know, if you if you what are the things the the your goals or values that like you'd be willing to die for? Th- and some of these things aren't even rational, like some of you would have been raised in like religious families that you know, you're not even you wouldn't even call yourself a religious person, but there's some traditions or cultural attributes that you know they're not even quite rational, but you're probably just going to live that way for the rest of your life and you've kind of come to terms with that are, are there some of those people here for sure there are yeah so you, you, you might not you, you might not be that you're adhering to that religion but you're like you know there's a few there's a few cultural notes in there. I really like that so these aren't necessarily even rational things, just given the sort of creature you are, what would give you the most happiness? Who are the people you would do that together with? Who are the others? Sort that out and have that firmness of personality that this is not a persona, this is not some fake shit, it's just like, this is the way you're gonna live your fucking life. So, you know, this is who I am and this is how I'm gonna live my fucking life. That's what we're saying. So if, if you, had that in the, you, know, you had that firmness of like, you know, integrity as an a individual, and those intellectual resources and the social resources, and you're, you're gonna stand out quite a lot. It's gonna be pretty easy for you to be around other high quality people. It's gonna be pretty clear how you would sort through those people and get to the best ones who would help you accomplish your goals. This video is brought to you by moneyberg.com. I want you to go to moneyberg.com right now to see where you can meet me live when I come to a city near you. I want you to be part of our audience. I want you to be part of our elite success programs. I want you to be part of the fun. Most importantly, I want you to ensure your success and your financial independence working with me while we travel around the world and help people live their dreams. Go to bernieberg.com. Success is closer than you think. It's waiting for you there.